2: Was that part of the deal? A free t-shirt and a sandwich? A sandwich, maybe
3: something else. I don't know. You didn't see any laying around here. They've been rocking. What a pass and a reverse jam by Cliff Amore.
1: You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL.
3: Welcome back. BetQL Daily, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday the uh, call there. How about Rutgers last night? Again, Rutgers has won four straight games against teams that are ranked. They win in, at home again. They are unbelievable at the rack, and they look like a team that has a real chance to make it to March Madness if they finish strong. Let's talk some college hoops and some NBA. Reed Wallach joining us here. He is a senior editor at BetSided. Uh, he's been on the show before. And, and Reed, before we we dive in all the hoops, Reed, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like the last time you were with us on our show, it was around summer league time. And I have a memory of you being a Cam Thomas guy, like you were on his point totals in the summer league. And I saw that Nets comeback last night, and I was like, "We have Reed on tomorrow." I feel like Reed Wallach was the first one pumping up Cam, who went off against the Knicks. Am I right about that?
0: Yeah, uh, Joe, Aaron, great to talk to you guys. Joe, we obviously haven't spoken since uh, the trade from last week, so we could get into that. But yeah, I mean, I it, Cam Thomas falling to twenty-seven in the draft. Everyone knew it then, and it's now just bearing fruit here. The guy's a bucket. You know, people overthink certain things, especially in the draft, and it's across all these sports where, oh, he might not be a good passer, he might not do this. Sometimes just take the really talented scorer who was a killer in college. I think he was like one of five freshmen ever to average 20-plus points in college like alongside Trey Young. Like, the guy's, re- the guy's good at putting the ball in the hoop, and that's the name of the game. And he's proven it multiple times this season as a rookie. And then last night was obviously just unbelievable. Really, the Nets are in desperate need of some good vibes, some momentum heading into the break end. How about coming back from down 28 against your your crosstown rival? That's a good way to uh, head into the break for sure.
2: So what were your thoughts on that game? Uh, You are a Nets fan, and I even saw KD tweet – Um, (laughs) kind of poking the bear at Knicks fans. You had to be fired up after that game last night. What a comeback.
0: Yeah, so I live in Manhattan, and I was invited to the game, and I might as well just plug while we're here. We just started a MMA show, Jab Crosshook, a fan-sided MMA show. It's pinned to my Twitter profile right now. And I was invited to the game, and I couldn't go because we were recording episode two, which is live now. Make sure you go check it out. But I obviously – I'm not going to miss the game, so I paused my – tv outside i got like the dvr and everything and i go outside and i'm think i catch up i'm like live by the second quarter and i say to myself "I'm like all right well like at least i wasn't there you know down 28 this is like kind of ugly <laughs> but yeah, listen nba you you gotta just keep on with it because teams are gonna cool off it's a game of runs and listen it's not easy to do that i don't care who you're playing the knicks if they're not in the playoffs or they are the nets shorthand or not that's impressive to do and those are kind of the rallying points, and there really is a renewed kind of confidence around this Nets team heading into the break. They almost came back against Miami last weekend. They beat the Kings. They now beat the Knicks. They have one more game before the break. It really feels like there is some positive momentum. Will it lead to playoff success? That I don't know, but it definitely feels like a, a real weight has been lifted off their shoulders after the trade deadline.
3: Yeah, it does. And it's, it seems like all boats are, are kind of rowing in the same direction now in Brooklyn. Reed, like you said when you hopped on at first, we haven't got a chance to speak about the deal, the blockbuster, the, the biggest deal at the NBA trade deadline. Harden out of Brooklyn, Ben Simmons, Curry, Drummond, a couple picks into Brooklyn. W- what did you think of it from the Brooklyn perspective? You know, I, I continue to, to think, in theory, it really could work, the fit between uh, Kevin Durant when he's healthy, uh, Kyrie Irving when he's uh, able to play, And Ben Simmons, whenever he gets back on the court, I just, I have my reservations that Ben is going to accept the role that is best for him here, but the fit should work. What what did you think of the deal?
0: Yeah, I, I obviously have my concerns about Simmons based on his prior performance. And listen, I, I tweeted it when it happened. If like, I'm concerned about Simmons, but listen, if he helps my team win, then, you know, I'll apologize. You know, I, I hope nothing but the best for Simmons, but Joe, you nail on the head in theory, the fit does work. And Honestly, both teams can benefit. I, I think that this could work for both parties. You know, But ultimately, I came to terms pretty quickly that Harden wanted out and he was going to get his way because that's what happens in the NBA. And I think the Nets made the best of a, a poor situation and a deteriorating situation. And look, how this plays out like in the macro, long-term, I think the Nets got better. I think that Harden, in my opinion... He's best suited next to guys like Durant and Kyrie. I think that he's not the 1A player capable of carrying a load that he was in Houston. I think his game isn't going to age that well. He's transitioning to a different part of his career. That being said, he wanted to go to Philly. He wanted to you know, get what he seemingly always wanted. So he gets his way, and the Nets get a little bit younger. And I think they go from the presumptive title favorites on paper with Harden to taking a step back but. There's still a possibility that this team is in the finals. I don't think anyone wants to see them come playoff time. It's a quick turnaround to expect contention this season, but I think that they're still in now a crowded group with Philly, Milwaukee, Miami, Phoenix, and Golden State. Those teams make up, I think, a majority of the win equity of the NBA title. You can maybe like carve out like five to ten percent for like your Chicago's, Memphis, all those teams, but like the Nets are still. A title contender this season, because I think it's pretty wide open and Philly now goes up a tier into that title contention. So that's how how I think this season, how it kind of plays out in the macro.
2: So having said that, we know the East is stacked. There's so much talent. Who do you see um, representing the East in the finals?
0: I, I'm obviously going to say this. I'm obviously going to go with the Nets. I still. Think Nets that there bias is a pass.
2: aside. Nets bias not, aside. Not
0: not biased. Not biased. Completely <laughs> objective. No, but let me make the case because I do think it's most likely, probably Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee probably has the path, but the Nets now present a really unique opportunity where, if you look at the odds, everyone's really jumbled up at. Um, around 6-1-ish to one-ish to win the title last time I checked something. Everyone's, you know, it's kind of up in the air. The Nets now go from the team with the biggest downside from a future perspective to the team with the biggest upside because, of course, you need Kyrie Irving to have um, his vaccination status or the mandate. I really don't feel like getting into it because it's like a nonsensical argument. But if that changes, that obviously opens things up. If Simmons comes back with renewed energy and buys in, how does he fit with the team? Duran healthy? The Nets. This trade for Harden turned them from like the most to lose to the most to gain in this in this Eastern Conference race. Whereas like the Sixers, are they even better than the Nets right now with Harden? Because the way he's played, whether he's dogged it or not, there's still a lot of concern there. He struggled mightily this season against higher competition. Milwaukee has depth concerns. And Miami, we don't know if that brand of basketball is going to work in the postseason. They flamed out quite quickly last year. There's some concerns there. So the Nets all of a sudden become this high upside bet in the futures market, where if it pans out, I don't think it's crazy that they end up in the finals. Is it likely? Probably not. And it's much less likely than it was with Harden. But they're still right there in the mix. And I think I'd wait to bet the Nets until we see some clarity with the Kyrie situation, maybe see Simmons on the floor, and if Durant's healthy, but... I definitely see some upside in the Nets going forward, and I'm circling them, obviously, because I'm a huge Nets fan, but I'm circling them because I see, I see the upside.
3: Yeah, I just need a Nets-Sixers playoff series. That's all I want, and, and I'll, I'll be happy, and we'll, we'll see what the outcome is. Reed, you mentioned um, that group of teams that, that could win the NBA title. I'm curious your thoughts on what's happening out West and the odds, because I I feel like the the numbers and the current odds, basically it's, it's tied. I mean, Golden State of Phoenix, plus 195 each to win the West and to win the Finals both plus 460, the favorites slightly over Milwaukee, plus 550, where I'm looking at it. But the resumes don't match. I mean, Golden State started the year better. They've obviously cooled off. Injuries to Draymond trying to bring back Clay Thompson. I, I, every time I look at the, the Suns, I, I still think there's value there. They're on pace for 67 wins. All they do is win. They've picked up where they left off last year, even better. Uh, Reed, who do you think should be the favorite in the West, Golden State or Phoenix?
0: It's got to be Phoenix, especially With Draymond Green's injury, that's really been, I think, an under-discussed topic. Draymond Green coming out, it just changes a lot of the flexibility and the Warriors' defense. I know that they're still winning games. I know they lost last night at the buzzer to a frisky Denver team where if they get healthy, I think they enter the conversation a little bit with, you know, Jokic playing at such a high level. But Phoenix, they... I and mean, the Nets just hit the road. And I know they were shorthanded, and I watch every Nets game, so I could just speak on more watching them. But Phoenix is just a well-oiled machine. They have not missed a beat since last postseason when they made that finals run. That I think there's legitimate concerns with Golden State. And how, what is going to happen with Draymond? It started with a cap injury. Now it's a back injury. He might miss a majority of the regular season here where Phoenix, they just keep chugging along. They beat everybody. And their clutch statistics, I don't have it in front of me, but they don't lose close games. Chris Paul is still operating at such a high level. It's got to be Phoenix. And honestly, I don't see their price going anywhere but shorter looking forward because they're going to wrap up this one seed. They're going to have the easiest path. They're probably going to roll through the, the early rounds of the postseason. So I see like plus 400, plus 450. If you want to bet, like now is the time with Phoenix because I, th- I see it only going in one direction. I don't really see, barring injury, anything substantial happening now that we're past the trade deadline.
2: Speaking my language, Reed, I've got all the Suns futures, and we were talking about Draymond and his effect on this Warriors team. Another little concern is Chris Paul hurt his wrist or something with his hand last night, so hopefully that's not serious. I'm curious your thoughts on MVP. I took a flyer on DeMar DeRozan a couple days ago. Long shot, but uh, how do you see that award playing out?
0: Yeah, I. Funny enough, I'm a big Nets fan, but I obviously have had my eyes on the Sixers all season. I have an M B ticket at uh, like twelve to one, I think, and I really see it, it's either him or Jokic, in my opinion. I, to me, those two are just playing at such a high level. Jokic probably should win. Now that it, like I'm looking at it, I may you know go come back in with Jokic just to make sure I don't lose anything, but. Those two are just playing at such a high level. I do wonder what happens at post deal, how that affects Embiid's game. But I know Giannis is right there. He's putting up crazy numbers. I just wonder, is the narrative there for Giannis this season? It's such a narrative-y award. DeRozan, he's going to be first-team All-NBA. It it's really tough to beat guys like Embiid and Jokic with the way they're playing and you know how talented they are. But, I listen... It's going to take an injury for you know the Derozans, the Donchiches, the the Morants to really make a run at this, in my opinion. To me, it's a two horse
3: race. to Reed Wally from BetSide here. Reed, let's jump into some college hoops. We are one month away today from the start of you know madness, where all the games are happening and we're really rolling in college basketball for the NCAA tournament. Uh, right now. Only three teams are are shorter than ten to one. Gonzaga plus four ten, Arizona plus eight fifty, Kentucky plus eight fifty. What what do you make of the top of college basketball right now? Do you expect us to have kind of a wild march where a lot of these top seeds maybe get knocked around early? Do you think Gonzaga truly is far and away better than? Everyone? Give me your thoughts on the top of the market for college basketball. If these teams, if you think a champion's coming from here, or, or is it more wide open?
0: Yeah, I it's. Gonzaga's is really starting to separate themselves yet again as the best team in the country. They're—I know no one wants to hear it, no one wants to talk about them because they're all the way out west, and no one really hears from them after a grueling non-conference schedule. But their adjusted efficiency metrics are now te- like teetering close to last year's team, and they're part of a three-team—you know—it's them, it's last year, and it's the 2015 Kentucky team that lost to my Wisconsin Badgers in the final four, ironically enough, but. They're really at an all-time level where it comes to greatness. And, yes, they lost to Duke. Of course, they're beatable, but it is Gonzaga at the top. But then there are formidable teams down below, a really, really strong group of second-tier, in my opinion, where a team like Arizona, who has Gonzaga as associate head coach in his first year, Tommy Lloyd, they're unbelievable on both sides of the ball. They have so much size. They have the best interior defense, but also they play super fast and can score in a myriad of ways. Kentucky, they're loaded with a dynamic group of players. Oscar Sheaway probably going to, he's probably the Wooden Award favorite right now. Averages 15 rebounds a game, just, but they have guard concerns. Ty Ty Washington, they're a five star recruit. He's battled some ankle injuries. He's got to get healthy, but Kentucky's legit. And Auburn with Bruce Pearl, they have arguably the number one pick in this year's draft. Jabari Smith, great guard play. Walker Kessler, UNC transfer on the, um, protecting the rim. Those three make up, I guess, the next tier of contenders, in my opinion. So it's open, there's contenders, but Gonzaga is the best team and we should be betting accordingly.
2: I love it. You're speaking my language again. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Gonzaga was my favorite college basketball team. I've got the futures on them. The one thing, though, that concerns me about Gonzaga, Reed, is just the conference they play in, and once they get to the NCAA tournament, the level of competition, that's what scares me. Um, the Bulldogs' last four games are on the road, including at San Francisco and St. Mary's. Is there any concern for you, or, or you think they'll, they'll be able to – maybe even get it done this year
0: yeah I I think that Gonzaga is legit I really do I think that this could be the year because Chet Holmgren who is another potential top pick in this year's draft he's completely revitalized their defense he's absolutely he he's massive if you haven't seen him play he's one of the most unique talents you'll ever see seven feet crazy wingspan he's completely shut down the rim for opponents and that was a concern last year for Gonzaga teams could put pressure on the rim you can't really do that anymore Team is number one in effective field goal defense, number three in two-point defense. And look, they've played a really tough competition earlier in the year. They played Texas. They played UCLA, Duke, Bama, Texas Tech. So they, I know they kind of go out of the national picture right now, but they're mm-hmm. legit good.
3: That was Reed Wallach on the Roman guest line for BetSided. Get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for all from the comfort of privacy or home. Go to GetRoman.com. Slash BeckQL now to get fifteen dollars off your first month. We'll dive into this tonight's college hoops card next on the BeckQL Network.